You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, It's Already Done. Enjoy. That everything you could ever imagine, that you could ever need, God has richly provided it for you through the atonement of His Son, Jesus Christ. God has got you covered richly in every area of your life. So it's already done. Can you guys do this? Uh, we like to talk about the finished work of Christ at Highway Church because that's where the life is. So every time I do this, every time I point to you guys, I want you to say, it's already done. Okay. Can you do that? Let's try it. It's already done. Nice. I can't. It's already done. What? It's already done. Awesome. Good. It's already done. Everything you're believing God for. It's already done. Our part is to simply believe it. And when I say believe it, I'm not talking about crossing your fingers and hoping for it. I'm talking about grabbing a hold of God's promises and marching forward with confidence into the fullness of your destiny. Because it's already done. Ah, <laughs> you got to watch now. Yes. And when you start to realize what God has already done for you through Jesus, it changes the way you live. And it really happened to me back in 89, in the 1900s. And uh, I started to realize what God had already done. And I realized, you know what? I really don't need to ask him for anything anymore because he's already done it through Jesus, and instead of going before him with all of these petitions, I began studying his promises and thanking him for what he'd already done. And I began to see my needs being met, not by asking him to do those things, but by simply believing that he had already done them. And that's a shift in the way that we're used to thinking. Because religion paints a picture that you've got to petition God for many, many hours and days and weeks and months and years. And you're never quite sure if he's heard you or if he'll answer. But Jesus didn't say that. He said, ask and it will be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, the door will be open. Amen. Amen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you wish and it shall be done for you. So our whole perspective is different here at Highway Church. We're, all, we're focused on who Jesus is what he's done for us, and who we are in him. And so we know now that life is not about how much we can accomplish through our own efforts. But it's about walking in the reality of what Christ has already accomplished. I want to say that again because it changes everything. So life is not this race to see how much we can accomplish in our own efforts. It's about walking in the reality of what Christ has already accomplished for us. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. And this verse, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. We'll put the Amplified on the screen for you. It captures what I'm 
sharing with you this morning. It says, for we are God's own handiwork. It's good to know who made you and who you belong to, right? We are God's. We could stop right there. We are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. You know, uh, at CAT headquarters in Erie and Uncle Mark's, we, um, <clears throat> he's a very handy craftsman, and he's an antique tool collector, and he makes furniture, and he, he, he puts things, beautiful things together. Well, you are God's handiwork. You're his craftsmanship. God imagined you before he made you. Just like a craftsman sees a beautiful piece of furniture before he ever begins to work with the wood. God had a vision for you before he made you, just like an architect sees a building before he, built, before he creates the plans for it. So we're God's own handiwork. You're his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. When you put your faith in Christ, something supernatural very powerful happen. The Holy Spirit recreated your spirit. You were born anew. Why did God do this? That we may do those good works which a church committee determined we should do. No. Which God predestined. Which God planned beforehand for us. Notice it, we're God's. He made us and he planned before us what we should do. It's all about him, isn't it? We're taking paths, look at this, which he prepared ahead of time. Which he prepared ahead of time. Why did he do that? That we should walk in them. Living the what kind of life? The, the party lot, yeah, that's right. The good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Wow. Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So life's not a race trying to accomplish as much as we can through our own strength. It's about walking on the path that he's prepared for you. It's already done. Yeah. So life's not about creating our own destiny. It's about living the destiny for which we've been created. Right? Because it's already done. So we're, we, it changes things when you realize this. When you realize that God made you, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life, you'll stop striving and start listening. Amen. The world's striving. They don't know what to do. and they, they, you know, They'll tell you, well, you've got to go to this guidance counselor. You've got to take this test. I mean, our oldest daughter is 17. This will be her, her last year of high school. And you know, she's getting bombarded with information from schools, and people are giving her all kinds of advice. But she doesn't have anything to worry about. Because life's not about you know, taking a test to determine what job I should have or, or what school I should go to. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're walking out his plan for our lives. 
So we're not striving. We're not trying to figure it out. We're listening to the Holy Spirit. That's a different way of living. So now relationship with him is paramount. Because that's when we listen, right? When we cultivate that intimacy with him, we hear his voice. We hear his voice, and he leads and guides us. And I tell all my children, don't, don't think you have to go to college. You don't have to do anything but follow him. The world will tell you you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to get this credential. And that. You follow him. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Whatever he leads you to do, that's what you want to do because he'll take care of the rest. So it's a wonderful way to live. Takes all the pressure off. Takes all the stress off. Takes all the striving out. So let's look at, uh, I like how Psalm 139 and Ephesians 2.10 go together. Let's look at Psalm 139. God's already got the plan. He's already laid out the path that we need to take. It's already done. And Psalm 139 talks about this. I'm going to start in verse 13. We'll put it for you uh, up there on the screen. And I like this translation. This is from the NIV. It says, For you, there it is again, for you created my inmost being. We are God's own handiwork, right? But the psalmist who wrote this recognizes that. You've got to recognize God's handiwork in your life. Right? Or you won't benefit from it. So this psalmist recognized, you're the one who created me. You created my inmost being. You see, this, this person has a relationship with him. Right? He's talking directly to him. And that's what we do when we're in relationship with God. We talk to him. We talk to him about every situation and circumstance of our lives. Right? So he's talking to the one who made him. He said, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Do you know that about yourself? Or have you, have you allowed man to limit you? and stuff you in a man-made box with a man-made job description and a man-made label on top. Don't let that happen. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're God's own handiwork and His very own craftsmanship. And He has a plan and purpose for your life. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And that's what really matters is that you know that in your own heart because you're the only one that can live your life. Other people can't live your life. They can criticize you and tell you what they think you should do, but they can't live your life for you. You've got to live your life. You've got to be the one who knows who you are and who made you and God's plan and purpose for your life. And I understand the world tries to be positive, and I understand that. And they'll say, you know, they'll teach young people, you can be whatever you want to be in life. Well, you know what? I can't be an NFL quarterback. I can't. I, I, you know, I might try, but I wasn't made for that. I'd like to be Tom Brady, but I can't. You know, I'd like to win four Super Bowls, but that wasn't what I was made for. I can't be an opera singer. I wasn't made for that. I was made to be a husband, a father, a pastor, a, a worship leader, a songwriter. That's what I was made to do. So it's, it's not about this doing whatever 
you know, whatever people tell you to do. It's about discovering your God-given purpose. It's specific and it's wonderful and nothing will satisfy you like walking with Him. Do you know our whole being craves Him? It does. Our spirit craves Him. Our, our mind, our will, our emotions, our body craves His presence. But if you don't recognize that He's the satisfaction to that craving, there are a lot of things in this world that will invite you to try and, and satisfy that craving by going in this direction or trying that. But you'll quickly find that there is nothing that can satisfy you like walking out His plan for your life. Everything else out there you'll find is temporary and very shallow compared to walking out this plan that your Maker has laid out for you. My frame, verse 15, was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How amazing is that, huh? <laughs> All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, when I was a young person uh, in, you know, my early teen years, and I saw in my family, uh, the adults were very stressed, fighting, you know, and they were working. They were going, you know, they, they, they were working as hard as they could to, to make the money they thought they needed to make. But man, were they stressed. And I saw other adults, you know, at the school I went to. Yeah, I just saw a lot of people that really weren't happy. And they were giving me advice. And I thought, why would I want to take their advice? I see the results of their thinking in their lives. So it became apparent to me that I needed to go to a higher source. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the Bible. But again, talking to God. About 17 years old, I said, God, show me who you are. I want to know who you are. I don't want to know what man says. I want to know you. And I take walks for hours at night. And just walk and talk to God. Didn't know the Bible, didn't know Jesus, but I knew that he had to be the answer. Because what I saw wasn't it. And I realized that if I would just follow him, I didn't have to, to enter that rat race and that grind to try and make ends meet. That I, had, I knew somehow that, I, that we must have a purpose, that there must be a God-given purpose for our lives. And thankfully, God opened my eyes and led me to the scriptures, and I began to read these things. But Psalm 139 was a significant influence in my life and these verses I've just shared with you. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So put an end to the worry and the strife. I knew all I had to do was walk out the plan that was already prepared for me before I was born. Isn't that a comfort? Isn't that great? Hallelujah. God is so good. So we're not striving, we're listening. We're just listening. And we trust our Father. We know He'll never lead us astray. He never tempts with evil. He'll never make anyone sick. 
If someone's told you that God wants you sick, they're wrong. See, in this great redemption that we have, Jesus has forgiven us of all of our sins and healed us of all of our diseases. And that's just, healing is just as much a part of the gospel as forgiveness is. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Let's, let's finish up in some of these scriptures. So, and, and you know, life, it, it's not about trying to be the strongest and, and trying to do more in our own strength. It's, when, when you realize who Jesus is, it's really about exchanging our strength for his strength. It's about this new strength, this supernatural strength that God has provided for us. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, so God is our, our, our craftsman. We're his handiwork. He's made us. He's knit us together in our mother's womb. He's laid out a plan for us that we would walk on it and live the good life that he's made ready for us to live. And he's given us strength to do it. It doesn't go to the strongest and the fastest. It goes to the one who takes God at his word. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives. Boy, does he ever give. He gives strength to the weary. He doesn't find fault with them and scold them. He gives strength to them. And to him who lacks might, he says, oh, you should have done better. No, he increases power. What an amazing father. Wow. He gives to us when we don't deserve it. He moves in our lives when we don't deserve it. Though youth grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, the King James in verse 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now this wait upon, if you study it out, means a couple different things. But it's not like you're waiting for a bus. It's like a waiter in a good restaurant. Have you ever been to a a restaurant and had an amazing waiter or waitress? I mean amazing. Like you don't have to say a word and everything's taken care of. Because they're watching you. Yeah, yeah, they're anticipating your every move. You sit down, the water's there, you know. It never goes, you know, below an inch below the rim of the cup. You know, when it's time for the next part of the meal, it's there. It's like you don't have to say a thing. What are they doing? They're watching you. And you don't even realize they're watching you. They're, They're waiting to see, do they have a need? And boom, as soon as they see that need, as soon as they they find a way to please you, they're on it. That's what we do with God. We're watching Him. And we're just looking for an opportunity to please Him. And when we see there's something He wants done in the earth, we're on it. We're we're walking around His table, and we're watching to see what what His directive is for our lives. We're waiting upon the Lord. We're his waiters and waitresses, ready to please him, ready to do whatever it is that he's called us to do, whatever it is that he's made us to do. And when you adopt that attitude, you gain this new strength. It says renew their strength. But if you, we're going to read another translation. It really, if you study it out, it, it really means exchange their strength. They will exchange their strength for his strength. 
those that have made God's pleasures, God's priorities, their priorities, will exchange their strength for His strength. Those who are, whose eyes are fixed on Him, who are waiting upon Him, who have made Him the pleasure of their lives, will exchange their strength for His strength. Amen. Huge, priceless benefits to following Him. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. The Amplified in verse 31, and this, this wait upon also means to expect from to look for, to hope in, to put your confidence in Him. Those who do that, who expect from Him, who look for Him, who hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They'll lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up close to the sun. They'll, not, they'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint or become tired. Amen. Now Jesus kind of captures these verses in Matthew chapter 11. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 11. So we know that God made us, that we're His very own works. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And let's see if you're, you, I know you're looking for a verse, but let's see if you remember. We know it's already done, right? We know that He has a plan for our lives. We're not just randomly trying different things to figure out what direction we should go. We're seeking Him. We're waiting upon Him. We're listening to Him. And we're walking on the path that He's prepared for us. And I love how Jesus kind of captures Isaiah, what we just read in Matthew 11, in verses 28. I'm going to read this out of the message. We'll put it on the screen for you. And Jesus says, are you tired? I'll tell you, if taking man's advice will wear you out. Man thinks he knows what you should do, but he doesn't. Now, it's, it's good to have advice and counsel in our lives. We need that. But if you're not getting alone with Jesus, if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, you're going to be led in the wrong direction sooner or later because he's the one we need to hear from more than anyone else. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Check, check, check. Then come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. So if we don't get away with Him, the converse happens, right? We'll lose our life. We'll miss out on the great plan that He has for us. Do you get away with Him? I mean, what we're doing here is important. It's a vital part of our relationship. But if this is all you do during the week, you're never going to make it. You need to get away with Him on Monday when you're at home. You have a little getaway place. I used, mine used to be in our last house down by the furnace in the basement. I used to get away with God down there. And now it's actually in my closet, the walk-in closet. So I get away with God there. And sometimes it's outside or sometimes it's different places. But you need a place where you can get away with Him. And what do you do during that time? Well, you, you meditate on His promises, right? You get those promises inside of you. You grab a hold of them. You thank God for them. You worship Him. Thank Him that every promise is yes and amen in your life. And then you listen to Him and let Him speak to you. Get away with me. You'll recover your life. You know, when I started getting away with God, I realized there were things I needed to recover. I didn't know I lost. Right. Right. God will show you the things that you're missing out on by not getting away with Him. And He would show me what, what I needed to recover in my life by getting away with Him. 
I'll show you how to take a real bonafide Jesus rest. A real rest. I didn't, I thought I knew what rest was. I'm still learning what that is. But I learn more and more as I get away with him. It's that real, deep to the core of who you are, rest. And you don't have to go on vacation to have it. In fact, you can go on vacation if you're not getting away with him. Vacation can wear you out. You get home and feel like you need a vacation from your vacation, right? But you can be in the midst of your work week and getting away with him and be very rested. Very rested. It's a matter of keeping your mind stayed on him. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I like that. So not only do we get away with him, we keep company with him. We take him with us everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, we're keeping company with him. Our minds are on him. We're talking with him, right? Even when we're out with friends, we're keeping company with him, right? When we're at the movie theater, we're keeping company with him. Everywhere we go, when we're shopping, we're keeping company with him. When we're working, we're keeping company with him. It's this relationship that's just vibrant and, and is around the clock. And as a result, we learn to live freely and lightly. Hallelujah. So life isn't about uh, how much we can accomplish in our own efforts. It's about walking in the reality of what Christ has already accomplished for us. Life's not about creating our own destiny and our own path. It's about fulfilling the destiny for which we've been created. And life's not about trying to figure it out. It's not about you trying to find a solution and, and with our limited reasoning. But, you know, it's about letting God's Word be the light for our path, by letting God's word be the answer, by letting the Holy Spirit illuminate our hearts and show us the way we're to go in our lives. Let's, let's go to Ephesians right now. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 18 and 19. And this is one of the best prayers you could ever pray for anyone. And Paul prays that the, the, the believers, these writing to believers, people who know Christ, that they be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. And verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The Amplified says, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Who does that? The Holy Spirit inside of you. See, when you get away with Him, when you keep company with him, he will fill your heart with light. He'll give you understanding into your life purpose, okay? That you might know the hope of his calling. We sang that song, Blameless, you have called me holy. You've called me um, righteous. You've called me free. 
You've called me worthy, chosen. Everyone has a calling of God on their lives. When you read that in the scripture, don't think that means just pastors. A calling of God is for every human being. Every human being that God made, he called them to be something. So you may be called to be a musician. You may be called to be a professional athlete. You may be called to be a business owner. You might be called to be a teacher. But God knows what your calling is. So as you get away with him, the Holy Spirit will shed light in your heart that will give you confidence in his calling for your life. The hope of his calling, hope is confidence, all right? That you, may, that you may have confidence in what God has called you to do, all right? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So getting away with him, the light of Christ begins to shine in your heart, and this confidence grows in you about what he's called you to do. And then you begin to understand the glorious riches that he's provided for you, which are nothing less than the very riches of Christ. What are the riches? And the third thing, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power for us who believe? So getting away with God is just absolutely vital if you want to fulfill your destiny. All these things take place when we're in his presence. And that's why the purpose of Highway Church is so significant. To lead people into this vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. To set them free from religion and man's traditions and the heavy weight of the law and bring them in to the life of liberty in Christ. Now, by and large... The church of the last several centuries has just preached a little fraction of the gospel. And they've made relationship with God a heaven and hell issue. That's basically what they preach. You've got to get your sins forgiven so you don't go to hell. Got to get your sins forgiven so you don't go to hell. But if you ever read the words of Jesus, you read his ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, he actually taught very little about heaven and hell because that wasn't the focus of his ministry. What was the focus of his ministry? Knowing God as Father. So that should be the focus of ours, shouldn't it? Not heaven and hell. That wasn't his goal and in, in his mission. So what's happened over the, the last several centuries is Christianity has been turned into this moral code that you're told you have to follow and to this religious system that you're supposed to fit into. And as a result, you have a lot of people who are frustrated and discouraged and walk away from God because they can't meet this, this code that's been established. But it's not a code that God has established. It's a man-made code. You're not man-made. You're God-made. Why should we let man establish the limits of our lives if he didn't make us? Why would we take the advice of a man as to, as to uh, who we are and what we've been called to do if man didn't create us? You're God made. And it's already done, right? In fact, like I said earlier, the gospel is about a whole lot more than just the forgiveness of sins. In Psalm 103, 
before Christ came in the old covenant, said, praise the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Well, now Christ has come, so that's past tense, who's forgiven all your sins and healed all your diseases. Healing, physical, divine healing and divine health are just as much and equally important in the gospel, according to Jesus, as forgiveness of sins. Just as your sins have been forgiven, healing has been provided for you through Christ. Same, same, same. And you'll find that connection. Didn't Jesus say that when the man, uh, they lowered the man through the roof, who, who his, he couldn't walk, his friends carried him on a mat. What was the first thing Jesus said to him? Son, your sins are forgiven. Right? Then he received healing. It goes together. We, oh boy, I better stay on my topic here. All right. God wants you whole. Spirit, soul, and body, and he's provided for that wholeness through Jesus. You just need to realize that, and you'll start experiencing it. Hallelujah. Let me read you a statement from a book that I was reading on vacation. It's a book that came out back in 2010. It's called God Wants You Well. It's by Andrew Womack. And, and I've always enjoyed over the years when I read something or hear a message that, that proclaims what you know to be true from the Scriptures. And I like what he said here is on page 9 of God Wants You Well, Andrew Womack. He said, If the body of Christ was fully presenting the gospel, the whole counsel of God, we'd be making a much greater impact on the world today. God not only wants to forgive us of our sins, He also loves us dearly and desires to heal our bodies, bless us financially, and deliver us from discouragement and depression. Think about that. One of the main reasons why the modern-day church has been rendered so ineffective and irrelevant in many people's eyes is they've only preached that God is for the hereafter. That's what God's been relegated to the afterlife. For right now, we just got to struggle and hope we get there. Wrong answer. Wrong way to think. That's not the gospel. They've made relationship with the Lord a heaven and hell issue and haven't preached that he loves us right now. They haven't taught that God wants to give us a dynamic and absolutely victorious life at this present time. Didn't we read? Yeah. Didn't we read that in Ephesians 2.10? Made ready, the, the good life which he's made ready for us to live. They haven't ministered healing, prosperity, or deliverance. Instead, often what people learn when they go to church is condemnation and how they're not measuring up. But that doesn't set anybody free. Now, I remember, I'll share this right as we're closing. Um, then we're going to have communion together. I remember... I must have been in elementary school. I saw a movie called The Exorcist. I don't know, how many people have seen the movie The Exorcist? Yeah. And I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know anything about it. Just my family was watching or someone I knew was watching it, and I watched it. And it's about this little girl who, who gets demon-possessed and, and wreaks havoc in their family. The family doesn't know what to do. So they call a minister from the church. He doesn't know what to do. So he's going through all his religious paraphernalia and his religious tradition, and none of it works, which is true. It doesn't. But then I remember years later, as I got older, my late teen years, I began to read the words of Christ. And he said, those who believe 
in my name will cast out devils. And I thought back to that movie, I thought, oh my. All he had to do was say, get out in the name of Jesus. That's all he had to do. You know, and I've cast out a number of devils in my walk with the Lord in different situations, different people's lives. I've rebuked devils in my life. And they go in Jesus' name. They go. They have to. It's a name above all names. See? So people haven't learned these things. They haven't been told these things. They've been given all these, these steps and, 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 and quote-unquote sacraments they've got to do to try and earn a position with God. But he did it. It's already done, right? It's already done. So, so it, it changes now when you realize that, that Jesus has not, is not about some afterlife experience, but he's the now answer to my today issues. Jesus is the now answer to every issue of your life. Isn't that awesome? Jesus has the answer for you in every area of your life right now, today. Isn't that amazing? And when you realize that, it changes everything. Okay, now I want to spend time with him because he's got the answer for me. And he's, he's paved the way for me. So that I can come to God anytime, day or night, and hear his wisdom for my life. Hallelujah. And this is what I'm going to finish with. So we're coming home Thursday night. God will, God will speak to you in little everyday situations. And this is what he did to my heart. Now, for, for months, I've been getting emails from different, I get emails from different ministries, little <coughs> devotionals and things like that. And, and the Lord in my private, in my getaway time has been saying, it's time. It's already done. It's time. And, these, and then these devotionals start saying the same thing. I start hearing different messages saying the same thing. Now, when we moved to Dighton seven years ago, there's the Dighton-Berkeley Bridge. It's been under construction for at least that long. And it's a one-way bridge. You come to it, there's a red light, and you've got to wait for everyone to cross it, and then you've got to go over. And you can see that they've been working on this new bridge and working and working and working. But, it, you know, it's just been kind of like a funny joke. We said, I wonder when the bridge is going to be done. I wonder when the bridge is going to be done. And so we left for our trip, and we're coming back, and we got off our exit of 24, and we're coming through uh, Berkeley, and we're coming off the bridge. And I'm just kind of joking. I didn't expect it to be done. But I had a great time of worship for the last hour or so in the van as we were coming home. And the Lord was kind of encouraging me. And we, we started coming down the road. We couldn't see the bridge yet. And I was just kidding with the kids. I said, kids, you think the, the lights will be up yet? And we started driving. We saw lights. And it was already done. <laughs> On the night we returned, it was already done before we got there. And, I, it's just, and we drove over this beautiful new bridge. felt like we were going into Paris or something. It was just like, ooh, this is nice. You know, it was really a nice-looking little bridge. But it was already done before we got there. And God wants you to know that today. It's already done. The bridge has been finished. The way has been laid for you. Go forward in what he has for you. Father, we thank you for encouraging us this morning that it's already done. Everything that needed to happen for us to be made new, to be forgiven, to be healed, to be set free, to prosper, to be victorious, to have authority over the enemy 
has already been done. And Lord, I pray for all of us here that you would grant unto all of us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of you that every single one of us would know the confidence of your calling upon our lives. That every single one of us would know the rich provision of our inheritance in you. That every single one of us would know the exceedingly great, the surpassingly great power of Jesus Christ that is in and for us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.